0: Let me tell you about the time we tried to get Rusty out. It was some kid's birthday, I don't remember who, and we were playing cricket. You're
1: listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Welcome to Bluey's Brisbane where we're two for almost 9.22. And yes, I'm making cricket references here. I'm doing that deliberately for you, Justin.
0: The classic Richie Benno moment. The voice oh, of cricket, the,
1: the beige on white on the, on the cream, <laughs> <laughs> and I think love is a twelfth man. You'll know that too. So I just think there's something we wanted to do a bonus episode, right, about cricket because I started this thought just before we wanted to capture some of the, the things that were in that episode. That on the surface, maybe if you're a US, you know, watcher or a non-Australian. Um, who didn't grow up with cricket, there's so many lovely layers to this episode about growing up in Australia with cricket as your constant summer background that I think were lovely. So I'm just going to throw it over to you. I mean, you've done podcasts on cricket. You've got, you started playing cricket again and I you love been. cricket. Like you're Justin Cricket, Rulian. So you would really yeah, love this I, seven I, minutes it, of power.
0: <laughs> it blew my mind because it really wrapped up Everything that I love about the game in seven minutes, and you know, I mean, I've what
1: a challenge! And it did it, didn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely! And I mean, I, yeah. I was rusty as a kid. Like that was me. I resonated hard with that episode because that was me as a kid. Um, I loved cricket. If you're not from a cricket-playing country, cricket is the national sport of Australia, uh, and especially the era that I grew up in in the eighties. Um, oh, you know, yes. You were outside all the time. And a big part of that was you were playing cricket. We played it on the beach. We played it in the backyard. We played it at school. All you needed was a bin, a bat and a ball and you were off. But one of the other really special things that I should just probably mention really quickly, Lou, um, because we talk about the real life stuff behind the world of Bluey. Um, The park that this is set in is Watonga Park in the Gap. Now, I played cricket in this park. As a schoolboy, um, I played cricket for my school, for the Gap State School. I played cricket for my club, the Gap Cricket Club, and um, I played many a game of cricket in Watonga Park in the Gap, and also just across the road in Hilda Road State School. Uh, for you know, for Bluey fans, they might know that this is the the location of the episode Circus. Um, yep. So this part of Brisbane, I just think about my childhood and. That was cricket. When I saw it, it was clearly Watonga Park. When they had that aerial shot, that is Watonga Park. I recognise it. Um, confirmed by Bluey Locations. Um, so check out Bluey yeah, Locations Yeah, Michael did on a great Insta. job, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he even took his kids hit- to the park to have a hit.
1: Yeah, even framed the sun having a hit on the cricket pitch like Rusty. It was like, nice one, Michael. Nice. And you can clearly right. see there are certain structures in that park that the Ludo Studios Bluey team have captured in that episode too so yeah i mean you are in this episode you are rusty it's confirmed you're oh. not banded anymore no so, no not at
0: all no oh, 10, ten nah. year old me that was me in, yes. in the park hey, rusty, with my schoolmates that, playing cricket Can we play Tiki instead? What? Cricket's more fun than Tiki. But cricket's just about hitting a ball around the grass. Cricket's about more than that, kid. Uh, There's so so much nuance and and just amazing storytelling in this episode. And just that theme behind the episode (coughs) that cricket's more than a game. And this was the thing that was instilled in me as a seven-year-old, as an eight-year-old, that it teaches you about life.
1: I mean, I'm the hockey kid. I'm the North Queensland kid. So I don't have any, you know, sort of credentials that I played on that cricket pitch or anything like that. Yeah, I played beach cricket, backyard cricket, that kind of thing. It was constantly on during summer on the TV. But this has got a deeper meaning for you. And I've seen people on their socials commenting about, I didn't even know I liked cricket, let alone love it, but I cried watching this seven-minute episode about cricket. So take us through, you know, what you saw as there were valuable lime lessons, as the show talks about in this. What did you think um, was really strong for you?
0: Well, obviously the message there from Rusty's dad, you know, when he's playing against the older kids and, you know, his, his brother says to him, you know, no one's going to take it easy on you. And he has to face up to that, that fast bowler. They didn't play with a tennis ball either. They used a proper cricket ball. And they are hard. <laughs> And at first he's, he's scared and you see him back away from the ball. And for those, again, if you're from America or if you're from a non-cricket playing country, a cricket ball is really hard. Like it's super hard. It doesn't yes. have to be going very fast <laughs> to hurt. That's why we walk out in gloves and pads and helmets. Um, uh, and you can see he's scared. He backs away from the ball, which is, you know, when you first start playing cricket, that's your natural inclination. Get out of the way of this thing because it, it's going to hurt if it hits you. Um, but that was one of the things yeah. that was was taught to me as, as a kid. Um, cricket is more than just chasing a ball around the grass. Um, it teaches you about life. And one of the things is to face up to your fears, um, to face challenges head on. So as Rusty's dad says, As you grow up, you'll face harder things than a cricket ball and you'll have two choices. Back away and get out. Whose back is it? His advice is play a pull shot, but my coach's was, that, you know, get on the front foot, get in behind it and face the challenge head on. Don't back away from the challenges. Um, there's just so many life lessons in cricket. I mean, especially as a batter, you know, you make a mistake, you're out, you're out of the game. There's not really any other sports where you yep. make a mistake. Yep. At you as a hockey player, you make a mistake. Oh, the game goes on yeah. in cricket. unless it's another
1: 15 minutes on the
0: field. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless unless someone drops like an easy catch, you don't get a second chance. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of teaches you resilience. How do you accept, well, my time's up. I've got to go. How do you accept failure? How do you bounce back from failing? Um, it's a really hard game. How are you going to bounce back from when the umpire gives you out and you know you're not out, you know you didn't nick that ball to first slip or the wicketkeeper, but the umpire says you're out, you've got to go. How do you, how do you bounce back from that? Um, it teaches you resilience. It teaches you respect. It teaches you teamwork. Um, it teaches you things aren't always going to be easy, especially as an, as an opening batter. My role in most of the teams I ever played in was as a wicketkeeper. But from time to time, I'd open the batting. That's a really hard thing to do in cricket because you're usually facing the best bowlers who've got a brand new and cricket fresh. ball. They're fresh, yeah. they're not tired. They've yep. got a brand new cricket ball in their hand, which is hard. It often will swing around, which means <laughs> it'll move in the air. It can be really hard. And often you'll, yep. you know, at the end of the over, you'll go up to your batting partner and you'll say, look, this is really hard. Let's just hang in there. Let's not give up. Let's hang in there and we'll get through this. And... In, you know, such as it is in life, you know, you'll go through hard things in life, but if you can just hang in there, not give up, things will always get better. Things will get easier. So there's there's just so many things that cricket teaches you. And I think this episode really summed up uh, a lot of that for me.
1: I told you you wouldn't get Rusty
0: out. Come on, Pat. This one's for dignity. And
1: like on the level for me, uh, it was Childhood Lou who was just enjoying that episode so much, but not for rusty, it was everything around him. So there's this wonderful snippet when you get to see the episode where suddenly it looks like you're all on a computer screen and they're all a sort of a digital version of each other. And there's lines pointing to where you want to move all the fielders waiting for the batters to have a crack. So to be moving people, what was it? To mid on. And there's there's positions like silly mid on and that's a hectic uh, I remember that being a particularly hectic position to play depending on who the batter was because you could be staring down a hard cricket ball that's about to scone you between your eyes like you'd see some guys at international cricket level go down um, at that position. Yeah it was just great to see that because the commentary box because there's a long waiting game with cricket even with one day internationals or even T20 which tend to be faster than a But there's a lot of there's a wonderful slowness, a a mindfulness with it, and the commentators on if you're watching this, you know, on screen or on TV or whatever, they will take to it to show what the strategies are, and even between Bandit, Uncle Stripe, and Lucky's dad how they're plotting, What you know, what are we going to do with this guy? That happens. You see them having yeah. the little chats um, trying to figure out how we're going to get this guy out. Look, he likes the square cut. Stripe, you and me will move to gully and Point. You send one to his off stump. Lure him into the catch. And it was just wonderful because all of their strategies went to naught. The other thing we really loved that we got talking about as, mes- you know, Messenger, well, the, we were watching the episodes during Sunday. The Don Bradman uh, references. So even if you've never watched a game of cricket, I think it's in Australian DNA that you know who Don Bradman is. Donald George Bradman, the sportsman who has become a legend in his lifetime. He was perhaps the greatest run-making machine that cricket has ever known. If Bradman was going to bat, the ground was full to capacity and the spectators, hundreds of thousands of them down through the years, were never disappointed. Or
0: he was the Don. For the Americans, um, Don Bradman's like the Babe Ruth of of baseball. So one way you measure a batsman's um, success or ability in cricket is you look at their average. So basically, the simple way to work out your average is um, the total number of runs you've made um, divided by the times you've been dismissed or been given out. Um, Don Bradman's average is 99.94, which means that basically every time he walked out to bat, He made 100 runs. Uh, Famously, he only needed, I think, about four runs in his last innings and was out for a duck. He only needed four (laughs) runs to have an average of 100. Um, But the thing is, so if you look at, like, the world batting um, averages, Don Bradman is the top. There's daylight second. Um, The best batsman of the modern game, average 55. Um, I think Steve Smith, who currently plays for Australia, might average 60. But there's no That's one there's yep. there's no one above that. So there's just daylight in between, yeah. even the best of today's players and Don Bradman,
1: which is just incredible when you think about it. Um, in terms of just how long ago Don Bradman actually took to the field, it's real what you're seeing there on screen about the kid whacking a ball and bat up against corrugated iron because that was a uh, technique of Don Bradman's um, to improve being able to hit any ball coming his way because you never know where a ball's going to go coming off corrugated iron.
0: Yeah, so he um, he actually even knew, he took it one step further and he used a golf ball and a and a stump like a cricket stump which is much thinner than a than a bat. That was why his hand-eye coordination was so amazing. But yeah, I love that um I love that moment of, you know, Rusty, you know, hitting the ball up against the side of the house and I thought that's an absolute classic Bradman moment there.
1: Oh, yeah. Every Australian cheered. So even if you've never watched a cricket game, you knew exactly what that was, Um, even if it was this vague Don Bradman reference. Sometimes Rusty would play with his older brother's mates, one of them being this kid, Tiny, who could bowl really fast. Got him! He was never brave enough to bat. Who's that? I've got a bit of a theory about this episode. I've gone deep in my research. Watching it with the family... We also pulled husband into it, so husband Rob. At the end of our – so we watched it a few times because the kids insist you need to have at least a second viewing. At the end of our first viewing, husband Rob turns to me and says, that kid Tiny who does the fast bowl, what was that guy growing up in the 80s who was a wild time man um, that was nicknamed Tiny. I went, there was absolutely a cricketer who was nicknamed Tiny. We were convinced, watched it again. We were only even more convinced. And it was one of those moments where, like, there was a lot of great cricket. And I don't mean to be, you know, oh, dismissive of modern cricket right now, but there was a bit of a a heyday of that 80s, especially late 80s cricket. Um, mm-hmm. So Australians will know household names like Alan Border, Merv Hughes, Ian Healy, the War Brothers, Steve War, Mark War, um, Booney as well. He yep. was a an eighties icon. Um, but I think I'm I'm putting it out there to the Ludo team. I think Tiny is a reference to an epic player. So I did this isn't what I knew, and I nor was I around in the fifties. But there was an epic Indian bowler um, in the fifties called tiny. Um, it's not a pun The the guy was actually quite short, like a five foot four. He, he ain't very tall at all. Um, so they called him tiny. And I'm thinking in Australia, you would have been called something, I don't know, like you would have been called tall or something like that just to, you know, you do the opposite land kind of thing. And like, as part of my deep conspiracy behind the name of one secondary character called tiny in the cricket episode. Um like, hus- husband Rob and I, we didn't actually find who we thought we were finding, um, despite finding Gladstone Small again and those memories of England, West Indies and Australia, you know, um, matches. Um, but also it was – I learned a thing about cricket. And Sachin Tendulkar and Gabaskar, they were known um, by the nickname of the Little Master because they were just so good and they – uh, played for India. It's just great, isn't it? One name of a character just set out brains firing of what's that a reference to. And I think this is wonderful about this episode that you can have all those memories of great, of cricketing greats, of, of just even watching cricket as a spectator. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my deep store conspiracy theories brought to you by Lou. deep web thoughts that I had watching it yesterday. Stripe couldn't spin to save himself, but if he could land it on that crack, Rusty would have no chance. I think one of the things that we've often talked about um, when we're talking about the real-life locations that we see in Bluey, um, we also talk about how well something's been captured on um, the show. Um, I think cricket is one of those episodes When you all get to watch it, depending on where you are in the world and its release schedule, I think it's something where you're going to just go, well, I've got another new favourite episode. Um, The team have been cracking in terms of how they've managed to capture the feels and honestly I thought it was just going to be a bit of fun, right? Cricket, right, got it, Um, because I don't have that same lived experience you do. Learning those life lessons that come with the game around resilience. They knocked this out of the proverbial field for a six. So it's a wonderful episode for that.
0: I was spellbound by this episode, and uh, shout out to Dan Brum, who is Uncle Stripe and does the sound design um, for Bluey. Who, absolutely, you know, once this yes. was announced that this was coming, he'd gotten in touch with us and said, "You guys are going to love cricket." Yeah. Um, we'd heard a lot of murmurs about this episode. Um, Richard Jeffrey, who's the director. Uh, he talked about this episode in, in an interview with Mary and Kate from Gotta Be Done. Um, Dave McCormack has alluded, who voices Bandit, has alluded to this episode coming. We'd had some whispers from Ludo's studio about this episode. So we knew it was yes. on the horizon. We didn't know when. And when it was announced, Dan Brum said, you are going to love this episode. And he was not wrong. In fact, he messaged yesterday and said, see, I told you, I told you.
1: <laughs> and also like a shout out to Uncle Stripe, a.k.a., Dan Brum in real life. Um, The sound design on this episode, it's worth just, uh, I'm going to say watching, but I'm also using quotation marks around that word. Maybe even close your eyes and listen to seven minutes of this episode because you're going to hear the differences of a tennis ball on a cricket bat versus a cricket ball on a bat. And I think there's some amazing things that are so subtle um, that Dan has done in terms of sound design for this episode, um, that also to an Australian ear make a difference. Like if you ne- if you don't care about cricket balls versus tennis balls versus even handballs, you know any other different kind of ball, you might not even notice. But I did as soon as this episode, I could hear that cr- the real cricket ball hitting the bat because it's a completely different uh, type of sound, how it comes off the pitch, all that kind of thing. Um, there were some wonderful things that he did around this. And Uncle Stripe, you can't bowl. Sorry, mate.
0: <laughs> and shout out to the animators too because a lot of the animation is actually technically correct. You know, when they were running into bowl, um, the types of shots um, that Rusty was playing, um, the movement of the ball. It's just yep. on so many levels this um, this episode is just off the charts and the storytelling, oh, my goodness. I think it's my new favourite.
1: Even how, this is like it's just bringing me back to sitting there watching cricket on a hot summer's day up in North Queensland, the way the animators even conceptualised the running up to the wicket to do the bowl and then you go then to the next shot of the batsman taking a crack. They even did it like it was, good old wide world of sports on Channel 9, how they do all the multi-cameras. And it's really subtle. It was art imitating life and it was back as in, you know as art on our screens. So really subtle stuff that was that everyone's going to have an experience of something cricket in Australia watching this, yep. and you're just and going Dan, to be nostalgic and unapologetically a fan. Yep.
0: And Dan even got that fizz of the cricket ball, um, which you know as a, as a batter or even as a wicketkeeper, I used to hear it all the time with a really fast bowler. You'd hear the ball fizzing through the air. Yeah. Um, great work, Dan.
1: Yeah. Great work to the whole Ludo team as well. Yeah. Bravo.
0: If you've been enjoying the podcast, make sure you check us out on the socials. You can just look up Bluey's Brisbane, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the stuff and explore some of the real life world of Bluey along with Bluey's Brisbane.
1: And before we go, can I do a, like a little advert coming up soon? Cause uh, we've been doing a big shout out to Dan Brum um, about his sound design but we've gone deep thought with him as well. But here it's not just cricket, is it, here in Queensland? We've got another State of Origin game coming up, like The Decider. Um, there's a special episode coming up where we've talked to Dan um, all about the sound design of that. So if you'd like to go even deeper on sport and the sound design of how you're getting like the crowd, just the whole experience um, of watching premier-level sport a good chat with Dan Brum aka Uncle Stripe.
0: Make sure you hit uh, follow, like, subscribe, whatever it is in your podcast feed so you don't miss out on that episode.
1: You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane.
0: Four bits!